This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. What's up, everybody? This is the Coast to Coast Podcast, an emergency edition of the Coast to Coast Podcast. And we're brought to you by Johnny T-Shirt. y'all you know we do these emergency podcasts it usually means something big and this time it's a commitment from you guessed it the gg jackson update is coming to an end uh he's actually finally made his decision he will be joining the north carolina tar heels uh for those of you who have been under a rock and have not been asking and texting shrill on a daily asking him how things were going with gg jackson Gigi is a 6'9", 210 power for, 210 pound power forward uh, from Ridgeview in Columbia, South Carolina. Uh, he is a top 10 consensus player. No matter you look at it, five-star kid. Um, real offers came down to, and Sherelle's been kind of monitoring this as long as Inside Carolina has been following this kid. Uh, kind of came down to Duke, South Carolina, and Carolina. Uh, Sean, I'm going to go to you first. Where do you see GG Jackson projecting at the next level? You see him as a four five for North Carolina or a five, four. Yeah. I mean, first off, it's, it's uh, pretty exciting that we're doing this, uh, top 10 recruit coming to Carolina, uh, Hubert Davis's first top 10, top 10 recruit, but in terms of position, I think definitely four or five, um, you know, at six, nine, uh, you know, he's, he's naturally slotted as a, as a four, but with that size, he can, you know, will be able to guard, you know, guard larger, you know, especially as, as teams go, go smaller. Uh, I think the main thing defensively for him is that, you know, I, I think for so long on the defensive end, uh, the four has kind of been an area of concern for, for UNC when matched up with, with smaller uh, opponents that, that maybe our natural wings. Um, I think with him, uh, you know, he's able, he's going to be able to switch to the pick and roll situations. He's going to, he's not going to be a liability when it comes defensively. So I think that one of the best things about him is just that versatility defensively of being that natural four, having the size to play the five, but also just kind of the versatility to switch on the guards and kind of stay with them on the perimeter or in ISO ISO situations. Uh, so first off, thanks for the analysis, Sean. I think a lot of people have, have generally bagged on this class and, you know, have kind of downplayed the, the overall talent, but also the top talent in this class. I mean, do you see him as legitimately a five-star talent, regardless of, of what class he would have been in? Yeah, I, I do. I mean, I think when, when UNC offered him initially, and this is going back about a year ago, 24 seven had him ranked, uh, I think the 34th prospect in the class. Uh, and even even just watching some film, uh, you could say, you know, it, 
he's ranked 34th now, but he, he's definitely moving up just based on the size and what he's able to do, you know, with the ball in his hands and offensively. And I think uh, we definitely saw saw that rise come very, very quickly uh, towards the end of the summer and, and into the fall. Uh, we, we have talked about the class. Obviously, it's been hurt by uh, some people jumping up, maybe not as strong as in years past. Uh, so, and I think you always have to take that seriously because you see the programs with one and done, you know, that really focus on one and done players. Um, you know, they can make a final four when it's a strong class or they can, they can struggle and not make the tournament when it's a weaker class. But I think with him, you know, he, he's a five-star player. Uh, now that, that can range from, you know, a, a top five player where it's a, for sure, you know, one and done, you're, you're going high lottery to, you know, that 10 to 25 range. And then it, then it really depends. But I think for him, I mean, he has kind of the intangibles that the NBA will look for in terms of a one and done player. He has that, agility uh we'll, we'll kind of touch on it maybe later what what some of those areas of improvement are but i think just watching him play and and go up and down the court uh you know you can see the five star ability right there but uh definitely a, a lot of things to to work on to continue to grow and become you know not just a a player in the acc but you know one of, and you know somebody that can impact the game as a freshman uh which is easier said than done Somebody who I know is happy this recruitment has finally come to a close, in addition to Gigi himself, is our guy Sherelle McMillan, because now he can actually go to church without, you know, every deacon on the deacon board asking him when Gigi's going to commit or where Gigi's going to go or whatever. So, Sherelle, do you want to tell us a little bit about how this recruitment unfolded? And, and granted, I think, you know, it sounds like the player wanted things to come to a close a lot sooner than they did, but... um it just seems like this from the very jump was was a kid that Hubert Davis and his staff put all their eggs in, in, in a basket for for this guy. And now that they've got him, can you kind of give us a kind of a peek behind the curtain as to how this unfolded from your vantage point? I think uh, – so if you go back to around 2012 when Roy Williams was still head coach, I think the year Hubert Davis actually might have gotten hired, um, the College Basketball Coaches Association basically – they had an unofficial rule that you don't offer anyone before June 15th of uh, their rising junior year. So like June 15th, they just finished their sophomore year. You don't offer anyone. And Roy Williams held on to that for a long, long, long time. And eventually, you know, he kind of went away with it. But June 15th has been the date when you can start contacting juniors. Head coaches can start contacting juniors directly for a long time. And for UNC, under Roy Williams, probably the last seven or eight years of his uh, coaching career, it wasn't a big deal. Hubert Davis in year one kind of changed that. Uh, so, um, you know, he got the job, I think, April 5th, and they started making contact um, through high school coaches and parents and everything with a few of the sophomores who they've eventually uh, would offer. But Jackson got offered the night of June 15th. Um, UNC saw him in a couple of Memorial Day tournaments with his CP3 team and just, you know, the potential that Sean saw, you know, everybody saw it kind of oozed, you know, onto the film from, from his games and everything. And so UNC called him on June 15th and said, Hey, you know, we have, you have an offer from UNC. And honestly, I wouldn't have been surprised if he ended it then. And that's going to be kind of a recurring theme um, with this. Um, he visited UNC a couple of weeks later 
And he was like, I, I kind of thought about committing. And the word we were getting the entire time was that UNC was the leader. And that's where he would eventually end up. I think it took a little bit longer. And there were some detours and, and stops that, you know, probably we didn't see coming a year ago. But um, <clears throat> from the beginning, uh, sources close to him and, and just around high school basketball made it clear that uh, UNC and South Carolina particularly were going to be really, really tough to beat. And I think once you add in Hubert Davis's first year, um, how that kind of flipped itself and he was able to see himself in Brady Manic and see himself in, in Leaky Black and then Frank Martin's dismissal, um, any, any notion that there was kind of a tie between South Carolina and North Carolina went away. And I think that pushed North Carolina, you know, frankly, to the top. And um, I, I'm really curious to see what would have happened if Frank Martin stayed, but I still think thing he probably would have picked North Carolina but you know we'll, we'll never know but a tremendous gift for UNC Hubert Davis I mean um, his first class he had to put together in about two months and his second class which is his first time through a full recruiting cycle he has two you know consensus top 15 players um, in the 2023 class so he's showing that he's showing he can coach and now he's showing he can recruit so he's he's kind of two for two in that department so you mentioned the other recruit that he's got a got a commitment from and Simeon Wiltshire. We'll talk about that in just a second, but I want to stay with the performance that Hubert Davis and the Tar Heels had this year. How much of that do you think played into uh, Gigi Jackson's, I guess, cementing of what he originally felt in his gut? You know, you mentioned that he could see himself playing in Hubert's system, but how much of, of his commitment was, was reinforced by the success that Hubert Davis had this year? Oh, it was huge. I mean, if you are someone like him who has the pedigree of being a, a top 10 player in the class, which likely means a lottery pick in a couple of years, you don't want to trust your career to just anyone, especially mm -hmm. someone who probably at that point hadn't coached a game before, hadn't led a practice before when he got an offer um, from UNC. So um, that was kind of a, a common theme. Uh, Duke was in on Jackson as well. And I think there were kind of the same question with John Shire and for Hubert Davis, um, everything that he laid out to Jackson, I think they talked about um, seeing on the court, like I mentioned, Leaky Black and, and mentioned Brady Manic, they kind of were able to visualize and see it. And that was a big deal because it, it's real easy to, to listen to someone uh, give you story, regale you with stories about how awesome their offense is going to be and how much stuff you're going to do. But when you can actually see it and, and be in front of it and watch it and review it, um, I think that was, like I said, it was, it was huge. And I think that's why we're talking about Jackson to UNC today. Sean, you know, Sherelle just mentioned Simeon Wiltshire, who is a young man that committed back to the Tar Heels. Gosh, I guess back in October. Does that feel right? Late um, night with eight. Yeah, he was late, during, late night. That's right. During Gigi Jackson's official visit. Because I remember we talked to Sherelle and Sherelle was sitting in the Smith Center <laughs> with all of the music and people talking to him, trying to do this podcast. So uh, I remember now, Simeon Wiltshire, just to refresh everyone's memory, uh, combo guard 6'4", out of Russell, New Jersey, uh, Russell Catholic. Uh, as Sherelle mentioned, two top 15 consensus kids. Sean, what do you see out of those two guys from the minute they walk on campus? Are they are those guys instant contributors? I know we're trying to project a UNC roster, you know, a year and a half out now, but do, do you feel like those two guys are instant guys that you just slot in and expect a certain amount of minutes out of them? I mean, I think they're yeah, they're they're two guys that I think you can definitely slot in now in terms of especially more from you know the guard spot could be a little more crowded, uh, hopefully. 
um, if it is still still RJ and, and Trimble, um, and it lets Simeon come along a little bit slower. But even if it's not, I think yes, there, there are two guys you can slot in immediately. You have a guy that can that can you know likes to have the ball in his hands uh, is is really kind of a pass first mentality, and now you put him together, uh, you know, with a big man that loves to run the floor, uh, can do a lot. Um, offensively as well as defensively. And now you kind of have, you know, two, two really strong pieces that can come in immediately. Um, you know, we can go back at might have been a UCLA podcast or another, another one we were doing. And we were kind of talking about players ranked uh, below, you know, basically 51 through hundred and how little impact that they do have as freshmen. Um, so, uh, you know, once again, these guys are going to come in and, and they're going to have expectations around them, but, you know, then again, on the flip side, you know, we just watched a team that had played together for now really their second second year, and a lot of them are coming back for another year. Uh, you know, you get that when you have five stars that aren't, you know, sexy for the NBA or four stars that have some NBA deficiencies where these guys, we're talking a 6'4 guard and a 6'9 four. So the likelihood of them being around one year is, is a lot higher. Um, so there's a lot more pressure on them to pick it up quickly and, and to kind of, you know, interact. We end up talking about these guys more often in recruiting and committing to Carolina uh, than we do if they are only one and done. But once again, I think a good problem to have, especially given all the eggs that were in the GG basket for the 23 class. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Baseball has begun, which means you need to listen to Fantasy Baseball Today in 5, part of the CBS Sports Podcast Network. Join Scott White, Chris Towers, and me, Frank Samphill, every Monday through Saturday as we deliver all of your fantasy baseball needs in just five minutes. We'll break down the biggest performers, news, and prospects who could make an impact this season. Make sure to download and follow on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, the Odyssey app, and everywhere else podcasts are found. Hey, man, ain't, ain't nothing but a GG thing, Sean. Uh, Sherelle, I want to um, get you to, to talk a little bit about uh, Gigi's game because you did see him in Orlando recently. Um, Sean's seen his game a lot too. So Sean, I'll, I'll come to you after I let Cheryl speak to this. Uh, give me two things that are, you know, represent how incredibly high his ceiling is as a contributor at North Carolina. And then maybe if you want to list something that you think he can probably improve on and Sean, I'm going to ask you the same thing. I think Sean nailed it with um, the, the areas of, um, concern that UNC has had guarding the four in, in previous regimes and over the last few years, he kind of eliminates that immediately. Uh, he doesn't quite have the strength. And that's the other thing too. You know, when we did this podcast with Cole Anthony three years ago, like he was close <laughs> to a finished product because yeah. he was a senior. Gigi's only a junior. So this is like a year ahead of where uh, Cole Anthony was when he committed. Um, I only made that comparison because he's just not a finished pro- you know, product yet. I think people, need to make sure that they're not looking and projecting junior GG into freshman year 
mm-hmm. GG, because he has a whole other year of growth and development to go. Anyway, um, guarding the four is, is going to be huge. He's going to be able to switch everything. The smaller threes who play uh, the four, he'll be able to guard. Even some of the bigger guys, I think he can, you know, stick his nose in there and, and, and handle them a little bit. Um, so you're talking about a versatile piece on defense that can block shots, that can rebound. Um He'll help UNC as far as uh, running the break, just because he's a very light-footed big man and everything is just so easy and smooth and fluid with him. So that should help. Um, I think UNC's had some trouble, it seems like, over the last few years with the fast break and with finishing on the fast break. I think this could really, um, Gigi's commitment could really help with that. Um, and then as far as an area of development, he in the NBA, he's going to have to shoot better. I'm probably taking this from Sean. Um, in the NBA, he's going to have to make threes at his size. It's just the way it is now. You can't be um, a four at, at six, nine and a half, six, ten, um, and not be able to, to shoot competently. So uh, his form looks good. I think it's just development. It's just doing it more, more reps, uh, more time in the gym, but it's not something that he can't do. It's just something that he has to prove he can do consistently. And I think that's a real area of improvement for him over the next year. I was just curious, when I was watching him or his, it looks like he has really short strides on film. Uh, was that something you noticed in person or ha- how did, how did he look just kind of running the floor? Yeah. Cause he covers yeah, ground he- quickly, but I feel it, it almost looked like a uh, Thomas Bryant in terms of how he ran, but maybe a little more. <laughs> that's, that's not a bad comparison because he kind of runs on his tippy toes a little bit. Cause if, if you watch him, his heel is is very high in the air. And I don't know if that, means anything if he hasn't you know somebody has to teach him how to run or if that is an area of concern or not just something i noticed but yeah his 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 strides are not the long like tyler zeller strides where it takes him you know seven he runs it takes him seven strides to get across the whole court he's not that kind but it's still very fluid uh very athletic and he can do some things with you know euro steps and and change of direction and change of pace and second jumps all that stuff is just really I'm athletic and, and it's just something UNC hasn't had for a few years, frankly. So it'll, it'll be um, neat to see how that fits into what uh, Hubert Davis wants to do. Yeah. Sorry, Sean. I, one of the things that Sherelle said a second ago that I think most folks will see upon first watch of, of Jax is just how fluid he is. Uh, and usually that that's something that you can't really, you can't really teach, but something I think folks should remember. And I want to reiterate what Sherelle said a second ago. Uh, you know, at 16, 17 years old and a junior in high school, these guys have rarely, with an exception of a handful of, of people that have come through the you know, NCAA in the last 10 years, rarely are they close to being, you know, physically mature. So you think about a guy like Jackson, uh, who, who will be able to get in the weight room with Jonas Serration uh, whenever he matriculates and, and start working on his low body strength. I do think that'll that'll be a huge improvement for his game to, to go with some of the things that Sherelle talked about and needing to improve on. All right, Sean, what did, what did Sherelle leave on the tree for you there to, to mention about some potential, you know, huge upsides for Jackson's game and some, some places he might want to work on. I mean, I think Sherelle hit, hit it on the head pretty accurately. And uh, you know, for me, I, I watched a lot of highlight videos, which I, I hate doing initially but was able to watch uh it was really it, when he was in the playoffs it was his last you know state championship the semifinal and quarterfinal one of them which uh Sherelle was at in person and did a great deep dive into and I know in, in that one game there was a move that GG made and Sherelle commented you know this will be on all the highlight tapes um and so when I you know there you'll and there's actually a, kind of a scouting video um, associated with GG coming out so 
there's kind of two moves. One is that I think the the drive into a fadeaway that he that he did from the wing, and then another was uh, just catching the ball at the top of the key, uh, going right to right to left really quickly. You know, basically looking like a guard and finishing in, in two dribbles at the rim. So there's definitely some tantalizing things that he does, but I think definitely still needs to tighten up whether it's ball handling and and shooting, which we'll get to. But I think. Right now, it's yeah, it's transition, uh, which Terrell mentioned. I think he does a good job of turning defense into offense pretty quickly. Of if it's a deflection, block shot, really good timing that he has without fouling um, or even grabbing a rebound and, and pushing it. You know, he he does get up and he can. You know, I think he's an alley oop threat both in the full court and, and half court set. Um, half court wise i'd say being a lob threat rim runner is probably where he's most comfortable right now um you know when he catches the ball in the post he, he he's prone to you know taking a few dribbles backing the defender down and he kind of um always kind of goes to the fadeaway which um you know is a tough tough shot but i think if he can just work on a little jump hook uh that would that would add a lot to his game uh and then you know shooting wise um when I was watching, I think it was his the quarterfinal game, grabbed a defensive rebound and dribbled the ball but and knocked one in from, you know, basically the NBA three-point line. And the, the thing you notice from his shot is he has a really quick release, especially for a guy that size, but definitely needs to work on the consistency. Uh, you know, over his two high school, last two high school seasons, he's at around 26% from three uh, and in kind of the mid to high 60s from the free throw line. So once again, that doesn't show like, hey, this guy is a knockdown shooter. But I think between the release and just, you know, he's gotten a good volume up early on in his career. And he has, once again, that full season as well as the summer to kind of work on that. And I think a lot of it is just kind of his mechanics a little bit in terms of, uh, you know, when you watch him, you can kind of see his right foot, uh, whether it's starting the shot or finishing the shot is always a little ahead of ahead of his body. So I think it's just a few mechanics mechanical tweaks and I, I do think he has that potential to become a much better shooter uh just given where he's at right now but once again a lot to like but definitely some areas of improvement uh to be that impact player slash one and done that I think uh you know everybody will expect of and him if he is a if he is a one and done I think <clears throat> I think it'll be I'm not going to use that comparison I'll just say I think he'll make he'll make his money um as a freshman and being, as you said, kind of a Rob Harrington used to call it an elite utility athlete. And I think what that, to me, what that means is just somebody who's super athletic, who, as you said, can rim run, who can rebound occasionally if need be, you know, knock down a shot, who can post and who can block shots. And I don't think he'll necessarily he'll have the opportunity to showcase his full game, but I don't think we'll see you know, who he's going to become as a basketball player at UNC. And so I think um, the stuff that will make an impact for Carolina is what we just mentioned. But, you know, in five or six years when he's in the NBA, yeah, I think you'll see him, you know, grab a rebound, like you said, handle the ball, call, you know, wave everybody off, come down and just pull up and, and take a three. I think he's got the ability and the upside to do that, but he's not going to quite be at that finished product level during what's likely his one year at UNC. I mean, I think, you know, and I'm, I'm going to show – a very myopic view of things here, but I, that sounds a lot like Marvin Williams. I'm not saying he'll be deployed the way Marvin Williams was as a sixth man at UNC, but very much when he got to the league, you know, when he was drafted was not the player he became. And, you know, if you think about how long of a career he had, 
Um, you know, very, very much. He was very athletic. Like you the utility, you know, Rob's comment that you just shared, Sherelle, the utility function, I think is, is probably a great, uh, a great comparison that, that folks can kind of try to wrap their heads around, even though well, Gigi is probably a little, you know, a little more athletic than, than that. You think about another one. And again, these are not, these are not to say he's going to be like this player. Yeah, not, not, podcast, we're not doing player comparisons. <laughs> we're no. not doing comparisons. But if you think about Antoine Jameson in college, he was 15, 15 feet and in. That's mm-hmm. it. That's all he did. Nothing else out there. Like, if he took a jump shot, you were like, ah. Oh. But as long as it was 15 feet in, it was around the basket, jump hooks, putbacks, um, rebounding, all that good stuff. He was able to win National Play of the Year, All-American, all that good stuff. By 2008 in the NBA, he was like a three-point marksman. Mm-hmm. Um, just because the game started to change and he was able to evolve with the game and he was able to develop skills. So um, I think that that's what I'm trying to say with Gigi is that uh, it's just not going to be a situation where he's in college for four years and you see the trajectory of him growing as a player. You're going to see flashes of it um, in likely his one year at Carolina. Um, and then when he gets to the NBA, I think in three or four years, like I said, you'll, you'll see the full game and you'll see the growth. Yeah, man. All right, guys. Uh, last thing. Before we get out of here on this emergency pod we've gone a little long for emergency pod sean anything you feel like we need to touch on uh before we wrap the show no i mean i think uh you know it'll be interesting to see how gg performs you know especially in in july and, and peach jam and things like that with him playing on uh, cp3 who has a very uh guard guard dominated team uh so it's definitely different than than high school but i think you know, I know there was reclass discussions. I think him being one more year before he gets to school is is going to be the best for both uh, individual and team. Uh, but once again, you know, this was a commitment that I think in in years past we've seen before, where UNC has been you know kind of early on a localish prospect, and then his, you know he, he starts to blow up, and other schools enter the fray, and then UNC kind of falls falls down the totem pole. Uh, and and this one they they stuck it out throughout um and and landed you know a top 10 top 10 player with potential um so pretty excited on that and and looking forward to seeing how he evolves both in the the summer high school and then hopefully you know the all-star camp circuit as well Sherelle I'll I'll give you the open-ended you know anything you want to add question but also want to throw this in before that how big of a deal is this for Hubert Davis on the recruiting trail you know you mentioned in context how quickly he threw together his first team within like two months. Now he's had a full recruiting cycle as the coach. Does this help give him more cachet when he's talking to potential one and done players? Does this help give him, uh, you know, a potential in home that he wouldn't have gotten last year at this time? It just, can you contextualize for the listeners and viewers how, how big of a deal this might be? Oh, absolutely. And it, it's momentum continuing from the run that they had at the end of the season. Um, I think, you know, Jackson was a kid predisposed to to UNC and a UNC offer, mm-hmm. um, but that actually makes it a little bit tougher because, to Sean's point, once he started blowing up, you know, the, the school down the street, Duke, came calling, and North Carolina has not beat Duke often for recruits over the last 10 years. It's, it's happening more frequently now over the last three, four years, but it doesn't happen often, and so they withheld you know, a, a furious Duke run. Um, they fought off the home school in South Carolina. And then there were some other schools that have tried to jump in um, that just weren't able to do it. So I, I think it's a big deal that he can go toe to toe with some of the best recruiters in the country. He's shown that now um, with multiple players over two classes. So there's that. 
Um, and then, you know, there's there's part of a, a cool factor that UNC is is trying to get back to and um, a um, a confidence that North Carolina would like to have that maybe has been lacking in previous years. And I think Jackson helps them along with Wiltshire and guys like Trimble and guys like RJ Davis, Davis and Caleb Love. It helps UNC become kind of a, a cool school again. And, you know, guys are on the circuit with GG. They like playing with them. So it, it doesn't hurt that at all. Uh, but it does give Hubert, you know, some, some ammunition to go out and continue doing what he's doing. The other thing on GG, well, let me also say, the CB3 guards be shooting like they shoot like there's no tomorrow. <laughs> I think so you said that Jackson, after the Orlando after yeah. the Orlando weekend, you mentioned just how how those guys are absolutely the start and end of their offense. Right. So so that is good for him because he's able to play in different styles. Where in high school he's the guy, the offense runs through him. And AU, he's still kind of the guy, but the offense doesn't run through him. So that I think is good for him. And he has a high school decision to make. As of the record time of this recording, he hasn't picked a high school. Um, his coach, uh, Eric Stallman, is going to be the new head coach at Oak Hill. So there's, you know, people are speculating: Will he go there? Will he stay at Ridgeview? Will he look at anything else? So I think that's another part that we have to consider: is you know, where is he going to go next year, and how will that help his development as a player? And then uh, um, as he has towards the UNC, and I guess what. 14 and a half months, something like that. Uh, time all starts running together when you get as old as we are. All right, fellas. I appreciate it. I, I'll be honest. I am not the recruiting insider here. I'm just the host that kind of tries to steer the ship. Yep. But something I did hear on the trail uh, that is absolutely 100% factual is that the one thing that pushed Gigi Jackson from the fence to in North Carolina's camp was, was Johnny T-shirt. I mean, I, I think we can all agree that once he heard about Johnny T-shirt and heard that Inside Carolina premium subscribers get an extra 10% and heard about all of the different uh, gear brands, NIL stuff for, you know, for players that you can support the players by buying that gear. Once he heard about that, kid, kid was sold. And that's just, that's just what Johnny T-shirt does for UNC and does for Inside Carolina subscribers. So we want you, if you like uh, this content, we want you to like Johnny T-Shirt as well. Johnny T-Shirt right there on East Franklin Street in Chapel Hill. Hit them up, johnnytshirt.com. They'll take care of you. We appreciate you being here with us tonight. Always appreciate Sean and Sherelle for what they bring to the show. They make the show. I'm just, like I said, I'm just here. But uh, for Sean Moran and Sherelle McMillan, I'm Joey Powell. This has been an emergency edition of the Inside Carolina Coast to Coast podcast. We will talk at you sometime in the very near future. Thanks. You ready for this? Yeah. If is the most original and heartfelt movie in years. Magic like this comes around once in a lifetime. This Friday, experience it with your whole family. Can we do it again? If ready PG.